The topic of peace is one that we go through our lives interrogating. And I think especially in a time like today where when you open the news, when you go on social media, when you go on different platforms, you're seeing a lot of stuff surrounding wars that are happening around the world. So naturally, you will ask yourself whether peace and joy and living in tranquility and in uh, uh, peace with others and in understanding with them is something that is God's will. And if so, why is it not that? Why does it seem like it's not happening? Why does it seem like everyone wants to get rid of the other person? Um, and I think more especially, it, it becomes amplified if this is happening within your inner circles, like at home, you're not seeing peace, you're not seeing uh, tranquility, quiet and calmness. You're just seeing people bickering and shouting at each other. When you're at school, you're being bullied. And it does make you wonder whether God does want to see the world in a, in a, in a good state, in a state where everyone is working together, collaborating and loving one another. Now, I want us to first of all talk about this from a biblical perspective, right? It is undeniable that God is a God of peace. God is a God who wants his children especially to live in communion and in love with one another. We see it a lot in the book of Acts where the church of the book of Acts had so much peace. They trusted one another so much that they were willing to just give each other everything in order to build that community um, that they were in. And that's a beautiful, very beautiful thing. Right, and we see it a lot in the the epistles, the the, the where Paul wrote. Uh, there's a scripture where he says, "Live peaceably with all men as much as is possible." That's something so important to remember when you're discussing and having a conversation around peace. That God wants you to live in peace with people as much as it is possible, because. There comes a place where there, some people are not willing to live peaceably with you and they just want to live in conflict with you. And those are the type of people that I would advise you not to even live or share a table with them in the first place. But that's not how the world is. The world is not that simple. Sometimes you find yourself existing in a space or if you're in, in, in varsity or in school, you find yourself sharing a table or being part of a group, a, a group project with someone who is bringing conflict into your life, someone who is provoking you into conflict. And that definitely happens. I remember we were once speaking at a school and there was this very young, precious boy who came up to me and said, the kids in my class were doing such and such, and one of them pinned it on me, and the teachers believed that it was me. Very, It saddened me to see tears come out of his eyes because someone was pointing fingers at him for something that he didn't even do and that he wasn't even part of. And for him to even cry to a... a I was basically a stranger at that point in his life, right? And this goes to show that there are so many young people who find themselves existing in spaces where they are being provoked into doing things that are actually not in line with who they are, in line with who they're trying, aspiring to become, right? Um, so these are. this is unfortunately the world that we live in. We, the, the word says that 
we you cannot walk with someone unless the two are in agreement you cannot walk and and when it's talking about walk it's not just talking about moving from point a to point b there's there's contextual walking you can walk with someone in a relationship you can walk with someone in a group project at school you can walk with someone at work you can walk with someone hand in hand the point is you cannot have a common goal with someone and collaborate with them work with them towards an a, a, a common end goal without the two of you being in agreement and that is simply the basis for avoiding conflict there needs to be some kind of agreement the beautiful thing and the extent to which you get to see how much god loves peace is how he labeled the 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 ministry of jesus it is the, it is known as the ministry of reconciliation because all of us were at war with god we were warring within ourselves against him right we lived and did and uh, some of us still do every single thing to defy his will to defy his purpose for us in life to defy his statutes and 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 and, and the the principles that he wants us to live by that is what you call being at war with your god right being at war with god now the thing about it is many of us at that time didn't consider it as being at war but you have to understand what it means to be at war with someone it means you have fundamental disagreements that put you at a point where you cannot coexist right you cannot coexist in the same space otherwise you live in tolerance of each other and that's not a very good space to be in where you're tolerating a person they don't seem to be contributing to the same objective as you are right which is why jesus came with the with with the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile means to take two things that disagree and to make them or cause them to agree right so jesus is also known as a mediator he is also known as the prince of peace right he's our prince of peace that is what he brings in our lives he brings us peace he also is an advocate he goes into a god's courtroom and he defends he defends us right before god he goes into god's courtroom and he advocates for us um god is i mean jesus is also the the a mediator so he negotiates contracts that are to our benefit and to god's benefit as well right this is something that we need to be first of all aware of to understand unequivocally and undoubtedly that god is for peace first you only go into conflict with someone if you are left with absolutely no choice that that is that is the stance right where where you are put in a position where you have they've they've taken every they've you've exhausted every other option then you get into a conflict and these are very specific i'm not talking about people who are married getting into conflict this is not the context of you know you and your siblings perhaps it's a different story if your sibling insists on bullying you that's a completely different story which the first thing you should do the first thing you should exhaust is to is to report that to an adult have them take care of the situation because they are wiser they are smarter they 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 understand how to deal with these situations without anyone getting hurt right so absolutely god is the prince of peace so why is it that if 
I mean, I'm not going to answer this question definitively, but I'm going to encourage you to go into your word and find scriptures that speak of peace and speak scriptures that speak of um, um, quarreling and arguing with people and living. You know, there's a, a, a place where Paul actually encourages us, a scripture where he encourages us saying, you need to be of one mind when you are uh, children of God. You need to be of one mind. If you are not of one mind, then there will be conflict. So why is there conflict in the world? We've already touched on this, that unfortunately we live in a world where God does not control every individual's mind. God doesn't go and make everyone be in, in, in reconciliation with one another, say the same thing, walk in agreement with one another, and want the same thing for the 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 country that they're in, the communities that they're in, the societies that they're in. Unfortunately, God does give you freedom of thought. And I say unfortunately, but this is a very fortunate thing because God wants you to have independent thought. Therefore, you cannot blame God for people deciding themselves to go to be in conflict with you. But of course, God will never leave you throughout that situation. He will never forsake you. He will give you the wisdom to confront whatever thing is, is, is in front of you. And that's something for you to consider. So, first of all, we need to consider the fact that there are 7 to 8 billion people living on planet Earth. And that just means that we will never at a time be in agreement with one another. There will never be a time where we all just hunky-dory have the same, share the same vision. That does not happen, right, unfortunately. And that's not because God does not want it to be so, but it doesn't happen simply because people have free will. They can decide to do this or that. They can decide to do this or that or that, right? The only thing that we can control is how we respond to things that are done to us and the extent to which we commit ourselves to the God that loves and protects us. Does God want the world to live in peace is our theme for discussion this evening. And uh, I firmly hold dear to the fact that I think God wants us to live in peace. Uh, it is something that is commanded in the Bible throughout the Bible in actual fact. Uh, now, it sounds strange because we think that in the Old Testament they had to go make war against other nations and that is why the war in Israel is still raging to this day, which to a certain degree is true. But you do need to remember that God's war was different than the war that's currently being fought. The war that's currently being fought is uh, fought, uh, well, this is my understanding of it, so don't quote me on it, for basically for... for, for um, Territory for, uh, I literally want to say ground, for earth, for, for piece of land, right? Whereas the war that God commanded them to fight in Israel in the Old Testament time was a holy war. It was a, it was a war against certain religions. It was a war against people groups that commanded certain religions, people groups that commanded child sacrifice, stuff like that. God wanted those nations to be wiped off the face of the earth and he used Israel to do it. Um, but again, that was the Old Testament wars. The war that's currently being fought is different. right? But Paul commands us in Romans 12, as far as it is possible, live amongst yourselves in peace. Live in peace with all people. In fact, in, in uh, Matthew 6, Jesus speaks on the Beatitudes. In the, one of the statements that he makes in the Beatitudes is, it's blessed are the 
peacemakers, for they will be known as the sons of God. I know there's a challenge for you. You want to be known as the son of God or the sons of God or child of God or whatever the case might be. Be a peacemaker. Strive towards peace. Peace is something that God wants us. Now, the the, um, Bible verse that's not often quoted with regards to the fact that we need to have peace and stuff is a Bible verse that we find in the book of Ezekiel. And that is where God, through the mouth of Ezekiel, makes the following statement. He says to the people, listen, I don't benefit from uh, ruthless people dying. I don't benefit from wicked people dying. I don't want anyone to die. I want us all to live in peace and harmony. But not only that, God wants us all to live. God is against war. God is against conflict and all the rest. Now, when is conflict healthy? I think conflict is healthy in the same way that I mentioned it in the beginning. That when it comes to God. Now, we do not need to defend God. God is an amazing God. He's an active God. He's a living God. And He's righteous. And He needs no defense. But we need to take a stand when people are blaspheming him, when people are uh, making his name bad or ashamed. Now, the scary part is that happens more in church than what it happens in the world. Uh, we've got more, <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got more blasphemous Christians nowadays than what we've got uh, blasphemous wicked people or people that aren't in the church. And those are the things that we need to hold here. I don't believe that as Christians we should be the ones fighting the war against famous chain stores because they make certain things, uh, post certain things online. I don't think that's the place of the Christian. The Christian does not fight for morality. Um, Again, this is my viewpoint. We don't fight for morality. We need to strive towards peace. That does not mean that we approve and accept all types of lifestyles. Not at all. What it means is that we want God to show us the way and then live by His means. God is the peacemaker. God wants us to live at peace. But then the last type of peace that I do need to mention is that godly peace is something totally different than the peace that we have uh, or strive towards in South Africa and in the world in actual fact. So we think that peace is the, uh, the, the absence of conflict, whereas I believe that peace is not necessarily the absence of conflict. Peace is the, uh, the emotion that is experienced alongside with hope that no matter what happens, we know that in the end everything will be all right. That is peace. That is a godly peace that we have because we know that when we breathe our last breath here on earth, we are merely moving through the gateway of death until uh, unto our eternal life, right? Uh, death is a gateway for us to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. That is the, that is the peace that God has for us in store. That is in actual fact the peace that Jesus speaks about when he says, My peace I give to you. Remember that Jesus also said, I did not come to bear peace, I come bearing the sword, meaning in other words there will be conflict because of his name. But what he wants of us is to have this experience of peace. Now the experience of peace that Jesus talks about is that when someone or a doctor tells you like, listen, you have cancer, for instance, you know that you will be okay because you're going to spend eternity with Jesus. It's not making the process any easier not at all, but we know that we are going to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 